Welcome back to the Frills Daily Show with your hosts, Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith. Hey, hey. Sean, how you doing this week? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm glad to be back on the show again. How you doing? Good, good. I, I'm, I'm absolutely happy for this week. It, it, it is uh, I, what I would I'm gonna call Memorial Week, and, and this week we're going to be talking about 14 players. We're not going to bring all of them up, but 14 players that lost their lives in combat. Wow. As well as a couple of recent losses in the NFL. And then we're going to talk about the the John Gruden lawsuit and okay. Colin Kaepernick. Where does he stand? I promised you this week, so we're, we're talking about it this week <laughs> yeah, with, with, with the Las Vegas Raiders or wh- whatever the, the opportunity is going to be, as well as Jimmy G. We're bringing him back. Yep. And then Ed Reed. We have a, a pretty amazing story about Ed Reed. So I think that <clears throat> excuse me. I think that uh, we can we can you know with the the fallen soldiers slash NFL players. Uh, there's there's a couple that I'm gonna talk about, um, and if you don't mind, I'll I'll start with one and then yeah for sure. So uh, Bob Kalsu, he played for the Buffalo Bills in 1970. And, you know, he, he he was a tackle that was drafted in 68 by the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had to fulfill his, his ROTC scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those of you that don't know what ROTC is, essentially it's you're going to college and you're, you're going to ROTC. And, and part of that is you have to serve at least two years in the military nowadays. I don't know right. in, in that time frame what the – fulfillment was but it is it's at least two years right uh he went to the university of oklahoma and he entered the army to fulfill his his scholarship with the rotc as a second lieutenant for 101st airborne division um and that that hits me because i was also part of the 101st airborne division and yeah man for sure he was deployed uh, in South Vietnam in, in 1969 and unfortunately was killed in the infamous attack in, on uh, fire support base Ripcord in 1970, just hours before his wife He's gave birth yeah. to their son. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I, again not just was I part of the 101st Airborne Division, but I was also deployed with the 101st Airborne Division when my daughter was born. So I can completely relate to that. Thankfully, I was able to make it back. For sure, man. Absolutely. That was a hell of a day, too. And there's another little nugget with uh, Cal Sue. He was actually the Rookie of the Year, and he was also drafted in 1968, which was the year I was born. Nice. So, and uh, he got the rookie of the year, a team award, um, and that's when he decided to go fulfill his ROTC. Um, and I think, you know, maybe even in the seventies, just like in the forties, because the majority of guys that passed that war that played in the NFL, 
uh, was in the 40s, which is during World War II. Um, there was a lot of them. And then uh, we were talking before the show that they probably made more money, especially in combat and their pay raise than what they were actually making in the NFL. So it's amazing. But there was a lot of good soldiers, man, that, that uh, passed away. Uh, Army, Navy, Marine Corps. They were yeah. in all four. Uh, I see some Air Force guys as well. Um, all throughout the 40s and some even um, in the late 30s, mid 30s. So, and they played on everything from the Eagles, Giants, Redskins, you know, all the teams that started back, you know, in the 40s, man, the Lions. Um, there was even one, the Brooklyn Dodgers, dude. The Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, yeah. Dodgers, I can't yeah. forget about that one. <laughs> so, so you were going to talk about Tillman, too, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tillman and I didn't directly serve together but we did serve in the same time so we both after the 9-11 attacks we both enlisted and, and that was a completely coincidental moment in time it just right. so happened I didn't even know uh, because when I enlisted it was actually before September 11th just before right yeah. yes and uh, I was actually paranoid to tell my pops hey i guess what i'm going to the military and then september 11th happened and we were actually going on a on a hunting trip and i was not doing well that weekend because i knew that i had to tell him i knew that he was going to be very disappointed and i knew that i was going to end up going to combat at some point Mm -hmm. um absolutely and so Tillman, you know, he, he played, and after September 11th, he, he knew, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to the Army. I'm going to go serve. I'm going to go serve for the country. Mm-hmm. And quickly, he became an Army Ranger, and he served in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Right. And, and the unfortunate part about his death is that it, it, it was a friendly fire incident in Afghanistan. Right. And... and you know, you call for the fire, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a situation that should never happen. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to talk yeah. about that in in other news. I mean, it, it's it's just very unfortunate because it's like you know, you get you have a guy that that plays a, a, an essentially a, a child's game yeah. and gives that up gives that big contract up because you know when he started playing the the contracts were starting to get bigger comparatively to the other guy the other 14 people that that you know we were talking about and yeah it's he gave all of that up to go defend the country and, and, and to have passed on such an unfortunate event it is just it it's you know, all I can say is is prayers out to the family. Absolutely. Prayers out to the organizations that, that brought him in. Prayers out to the colleges. Yeah. You know, everything that, that he ever did. Yep. You know, going to continue to honor. You're never going to forget. Yes, absolutely. Right. Right. Absolutely. Never going to forget. And his, his Ranger Battalion was the first one that was sent to Iraq, man, in the U.S. of Asian. Yeah. And uh, in 2003, 
you know, there's a lot of soldiers. Well, America in general remembers him saying this war is still blanking uh, illegal and stuff. And I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, man. But when to find out that he got killed with friendly fire and, you know, when George Dub was in office at that time and gave the statement about how he died heroically, you know, he was such an embrace on and off the field. It's like, man, like it sounded like a cover up to some people and stuff, man. But, you know, you would know more than anyone that I know yeah. that being in combat that friendly fire is going to happen. Dudes are out there. They're stressed out. They're in combat. You know, sometimes you don't know who is who, even though you are wearing the same uniform. But there's so much going on and it can happen. Right. Yeah, I'm not I mean, I'm not going to um, talk about that aspect of, of, mm-hmm. of what happened um but i will say that there there are times that you are doing a job and, and unfortunately lives are lost right right um, absolutely and so um we talked about one of the guys that passed um in vietnam there's another guy Diane, uh sorry don steinbrenner Yes, um, he was the second guy that passed to Vietnam at war. The Cleveland Browns, had, correct? Yeah, and he had played um, eight regular season games with the Browns in '53, and then he decided to join the U.S. Air Force. He was air police. He was a navigator, and he was an assistant football coach for the academy as well. But in '66, he went to Vietnam, and that's where his plane was shot down um, during a mission, and so unfortunately, he had passed. I wanted to talk about another dude. He, uh, he was in the, the C-123. Right. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. During a, a defoliation mission, yep, and got shot down. Yeah. Um, there's another guy. I, I chose him because his name is cool, dude. Elmer Gideon. <laughs> um, and he was, uh, he played multiple sports. So it wasn't just football. So he was a standout athlete. He went to University of Michigan. Um, he was an All-American in track. Uh-huh. Um, he had world records and, and hurdles. Um, he also played football and baseball. Nice. And then after he graduated, he actually was drafted and played pro ball. Um, but after two years between the majors and the minors, he played for the Washington Senators. Um, and then he was drafted to actually fight in World War II. So he was a pilot um, in the European theater. And as a bomber pilot in 44, his B-26 was shot down in France. Oh, man, just crazy stories. But to hear some of these NFL players that um, went to war and passed away, man, it's very unfortunate. Another one, Honey Baker. Um, is one of the best American hockey players. And I, I picked these guys on purpose because they're multi-sport players because I love sports, man, not just football. Um, he was one of the best hockey players in his time. He led Princeton's hockey team three national titles and he won the actual uh, amateur national championship with St. Nicholas hockey club, but he also played football for the Tigers. And so it was super cool to see um, these kind of guys. Um, but shortly after his uh, amateur hockey career, he enlisted in the army air service is what it was called. Then a a S he was ended up being a captain commanded the one forty first uh, aero squadron um, but just before he was supposed to return, dude, uh, his plane crashed. He was doing a test flight or something with a new plane. Um, but he was a two sport athlete and he was actually inducted into the hockey hall of fame and college football hall of fame. 
and today the um, uh, Hobie Baker Award is given to the top men's college hockey player in the country. So oh, I wow. That was, I thought that nice. was pretty cool, man. Yeah. So, there's a bunch of others. There was a Heisman Trophy winner in 39, Niall Kinnick, and then Al Blozis, the all-pro tackle from the New York football giants. He played two years before signing in the military in December. It's amazing to see all those dudes in the 40s that, yeah, although they were playing football, uh, following their dream, they wanted to go and fight for their country more so than playing football, dude. Crazy. But true, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we also have some some current players that we have that we we've lost and, and we have the uh, Cardinals cornerback, Jeff Gladney, as well as, as the ex Cowboys running back in Marion Barber, the third. Yeah. Marion Barber. Yep. And, Gladney. I can't believe it. We heard about that. What was the last week? Uh, the cornerback, we played in a couple different teams, but to hear him being just 25 years old, and even right. Barber, although he hasn't played in the NFL in a while, only 38 years old, so these young guys passing away, man, it's just, it's heartbreaking for the families and for what they have to go through with such young men going away, man. And, and I just want to point out, too, uh, the, the previous 14 were people that passed away while serving the country, the the uh, latter two are just NFL players, right? Right. Which we're not taking away from. Uh, just saying that that one passed away in service and one did not. Uh, right. But still, to, we wanted too, to honor due to being Memorial Weekend uh, exactly our week, so we wanted to honor them. And then, because we're talking about guys that passed, uh, we just found about these this week with Gladney and Barber. So yeah, we wanted to definitely mention them as well. Yeah, uh, I can't believe that Gladney he died in a car crash on Monday morning. Uh, it was very early in the morning, two thirty in the morning. And the examiner office confirmed it was him, and he definitely passed away. And that um, there was two vehicles involved, and unfortunately, there was another young person, a young lady, that uh, passed away also in an accident. Right. Um, the second vehicle had two people, and uh, they were not injured, luckily. So. Um, and, and another thing that I, I also want to bring up is that uh, we're, we're also so we're bringing up these people because we want to honor their life. Right. We're not going to talk about the negative topics that come up after the fact. Right, right, right. Uh, because there has been, you know, we've brought up other uh, deaths in the past and, 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 and we, we, you know, gave a moment of silence. We're not going to talk about what, what was speculation you know, right, or, or cause or, or different things like that. That's, that's not what we're here to do. What we're here to do right, is celebrate right. that life and, and honor that life and understand that under unfortunate circumstances and gone far too soon, we are given respect to the family and we're given respect to the people as a whole and that's that's what we are doing here on this show. We we will not uh, go into the the negatives and the and the controversies and the and the uh, for lack of better words, I guess the the uh, what typical media does. Okay, right, right. Um, Tracking what you're going. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah. So Marion was um, 38. Man, he played a lot of years. 
um, with the Cowboys. He did uh, play with the Bears for a bit as well. And it's a pretty good running back, man. Um, you know, of course, um, everybody's giving a shout out and it's heartbreaking to hear um, that he passed away at such a young age as well. They found him in his apartment and they don't really know uh, what happened. Um, and no one wants to speculate. And it's, you know, family and friends just need support uh, definitely during this difficult. He gave us a shout out to families, man, please, you know, may peace be with you right now. Lean Absolutely. on each other, lean on each other as much and friends have that um and yeah we definitely need to honor their their lives and celebrate their lives and and call it a batman and so just wanted and, to make sure that we recognize that yeah absolutely and with that being said let's go ahead and, and and take a moment of silence for all not just those two but also the 14 players that that passed in service So with that being said, we're going to uh, talk about the Gruden lawsuit and, and how the, the judge denied the NFL's motion to dismiss the, the lawsuit and how this can potentially lead to getting rid of uh, NFL commissioner, commissioner Roger Goodell. I, um, and that's a, that's a tall task, and I know there's probably – multiple individuals that would enjoy that process happening. Uh, Goodell hasn't been the most popular guy with fans or with uh, head coaches or with owners for that matter. Um, but the NFL did try to uh, get the case dismissed, which they're very good at doing or taking it to arbitration. Like they do their own like court, you know, and luckily the judge denied both requests, but the NFL has always had their kind of like their secret settlement, you know, to keep everyone um, knowing what they're really doing behind the scenes. And, you know, of course, they're just like other wrench entities or individuals. Um, they were trying to settle it all outside of court, man. So, you know, they wanted to buy their way out. Um, like, hopefully, you know, it's not going to happen this time, though. Um, but even well, if Gruden wins, which I think he can, I'm yeah. not sure if he's going to coach again. Well, well, okay, so that's where I was getting at. So, right, so right. even if, he wins. What what does any of this lead to anyway? It doesn't save his career. No, but his well. How many times did, his eyes, did Al Davis his, sue the NFL and right. won, and and lost? But yeah. I, I think I think in Gruden's eyes, or what he's trying to prove is that Goodell basically ruined his career or made him. He forced him out. So I also think, and this is just my opinion that. If Gruden wins and gets his hundred million that he's due, because he's due ten years, ten million, yeah. which is a hundred mil with the Raiders. Yeah. Um, but you know, his lawyer comes out and says, Hey, we're gonna open everybody's eyes to this, we're gonna prove what's happened behind the scenes, what's been going on with this, how they, you know, they targeted Gruden, they brought this out out of all this investigation. Uh, with the Washington football team, sorry, the commando, I mean, commanders, um, you know, you're going to single out Gruden, something that he did 10 years ago. Right. I, I understand it was inappropriate. Some of the words he used, some of the verbiage he used, but he also used specific uh, adjectives to uh, describe Goodell. And I think Goodell was basically on a, a manhunt at that point, but 
Um, but anyways, Gruden's lawyer comes out and says, well, you know, potentially Goodell could get fired um, out of this. And in order for the commissioner to get fired, though, I mean, because he's actually employed by all of the NFL owners. Right. Um, and it would take an executive committee vote and have the power to remove him from NFL operations. And it would be so hard to do. But there's also this guy that used to own Papa John's came up with a story. I think it was May 7th. Shatner, not Shatner. It's not Shatner. It's Schnatter. It's, God, it sounds like Schnatter. Anyways, Schnatter is detailed. He's saying that uh, Jerry Jones of the Cowboys and uh, Snyder with Washington cannot stand Goodell. They tried to get him fired um, back like in 2007. Um, they can't stand him. Um, they don't think he's a good commissioner, but it would take all of the owners majority to push him out. I'm just not sure it can happen, man. Well, well, let me ask you this. You, you, you had mentioned earlier, you're not to like, um, uh, what'd you call it? Um, uh, uh, conspiracy theories. Right, right, right. But what about this? What about, okay, so so not only does it, it bring true light to, to Gruden's story, but also brings true light to the NFL right. and is able to change the NFL the in a more positive, yeah, yeah. In the culture of the NFL in a more positive manner because, because maybe even with what Gruden's emails may have said, right. That can also be, as we know, with the with the the media, and just yep. like I said earlier, with with the with the how we're going to go in our direction for the show, we're not going to talk about certain things like the media does. What we're going to yep. do is actually talk about facts, and what we're going to do is actually talk about things that are relevant to our show, right? So, sure. what if because we have talked about you know, the, the, the different lawsuits and we have talked about the, the injustice and we have talked about like the different things like that. What if instead of twisting his emails or what if instead of twisting things, maybe they pushed him out because he was the one guy that could actually bring light to everything. They Could thought that, that he, as long as we push him out, we're all on the same page. He was not. He said right. some things in email, but it was twisted to a point to where it made him look bad. But in reality, well, yeah, he was defending. Right. Well, just like just like in politics, dude, you got to find the dirt on the dude. So exactly. he could be the best dude. He could be the best coach. He could be the best father, the best you know teacher, everything. But if you find dirt on him. And you can make um, a trail against him in the media, as we know, can be propaganda. And 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 everybody, not everybody, I mean, a lot of people listen to the media. So as soon as a story comes out or someone gets accused of something or everybody's quick to jump and attack him. The court of, you know, personal opinion or the court of the community, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they just jump on it. And so... But I think Gruden got ahead of it, and he went straight to Mark Davis, the owner. 
I'm going to take culpability for this. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to go ahead and resign. I don't yep. want this to be a distraction to the team. Um, I want the Raiders to still be good this year. You know, I don't want this this whole the rest of the season to be a distraction because of me. He stepped down. He stepped out, and that's what I think Goodell wanted. They want him to just sweep him under the rug, get him out of the way. But I'm yeah. glad Gruden is fighting this because you're right. There could be not only this coming out, there could be a whole lot of other things to come out than the NFL's been hiding, or like I was saying before, they they've been doing this thing where they do their own court system behind the scenes and do their own arbitration because they're a multi-billion dollar company and they've got the best lawyers. Um, so I was glad to see that um, they weren't able to convince the courts to dismiss the case, dismiss the case or send it to arbitration. Yeah. So, and, um, and the last thing that I'm going to is, I'm sorry, but I just wholeheartedly disagree with the fact that anybody that tries to sit here and say that Gruden being not just a head coach, but also a commentator and, 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 a, and an analyst mm -hmm. to quote unquote have racist, uh, and, right. and forgive right. me if I, if I, uh, mispronounce it, but me, misogynistic and homophobic. Misogynist and yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so any guy that like, I just get... don't believe it. Okay. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I just don't right. believe you cannot succeed in a, a career position. right the way he did and just magically oh yeah we're good like i'm i i could be a commentator i could be an analyst i can be a head coach i can be you know even before then you know the positions that he held no i'm sorry i'm sorry what you, I could you, you can only fake it to make it for so long is right. my point right but what i can see is a lapse in judgment um as a male i can see being angry um having and let me preface it by saying it's no excuse it was inappropriate what he said what they found what they brought out on him all those things that he said true because um, he said some things about goodell in the wrong manner and about races and about other things so i want to preface it with that i'm not saying that what he did it was okay but what i will say as a man is uh, that potentially could have anger issues uh something that could trigger him having that lapse of judgment and next thing you know i'm calling this dude this name and this guy this thing and you know getting pissed off knowing that hey i was wrong and i can mm -hmm. apologize but because he's under the microscope because he had those high power positions, being a head coach, being, you know, a broadcaster, being in all those things. It makes it a much worse situation for him than it would be for you and I to do the exact same thing because we're not going to be at the scrutiny under the NFL or in the media or anything else. So it, it makes it way worse for him in his positions that he's had. But okay, I'm with real, you. real, I'm real with quick you. though, real quick yeah. though, let me touch on yeah. the racist and the homophobic two things. Mm -hmm. Even even coming from a frustrated standpoint and, and miswording things again. Right. Did he really misword? Right. Or right. are you turning it around to misword? Well, again, and, and, and I say dirt. that because it's digging up the dirt, you know. Yeah. Because because just like former or not former, like past shows that we've had that uh we've talked about like racist situations 
you know, yeah. the new Rooney rule and that kind of yeah. thing, or even right. the homophobic yeah. thing. Like we've only had what three or four like well-known players that like came out and, and, and right. said right. that they, you know, are it fit that category. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so to, you could easily be misconstrued or, or recategorized based off of something that you say right when that's not even what you were actually saying whether it be through frustration right. or not you could have right, been right. defending somebody or a coach or yeah. or or a, an assistant or whatever but because you said it in the way that you said it it could be turned around to be like oh that's racist or that's homophobic For sure. For sure. Uh, not not really like what i'm doing is defending my assistants my head or not head coaches but like my my uh assistant coaches coordinators and, coordinators yeah. and, and different yeah. things like i i will again defend it would have come out a lot sooner had he been that way or uh been exactly. prejudiced been prejudiced or whatever else and exactly all, like all the again i'm gonna go back NFL. to the yeah. the whole point of there's no way a person can succeed in not just being a coach, but also being a commentator and an analyst for so long and just nothing was said. No, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, you you can't even get players to, to get through a couple of years without something being accused against them. But we'll talk about that on another show. Right. And I did want to get back to the coaching portion because man, I think he was or would be the perfect coach for the Raiders. And I think that's all that Gruden wanted to do is he wanted to be the Raiders coach again. And without being gone, I think that Mark Davis was going to allow him to do that no matter what. And even though he wasn't super successful, I think the team, he got the team again back on track, but with McDaniels coming in, um, unless he fails badly, I don't think the Raiders head coaching position is going to be open again for a while. So even if Gruden wins this case, um, even if he loses the case, for that matter, I don't know that he needs the money or wants. To, I mean, he could have stayed in the booth for the rest of his career, but he obviously saw the opportunity, wanted to come back to the Raiders, and I'm glad he did. But now that he's gone, I'm really interested to see what McDaniel's going to do, and I just hope that Gruden wins so he could get his hundred mil, dude, and maybe he can get back in the booth or he could do whatever he wants that has to do with football. I love seeing him uh, after he he stopped um, coaching with the Raiders before when he was doing all the things with the kids. And then he was working with uh, quarterbacks in the off season and stuff and, and seeing the other specialty shows that he did. And then he was awesome on Monday night football, dude. I mean, you know, he is like a very polarizing individual. It's just friggin' awesome to see him to do anything associated with football. Even yeah. If he's not a head coach. Yeah. And, and one thing that I do want to bring up too, uh, before we uh, kind of close out the Gruden thing, um, not about Gruden, but one one thing that I, I, I want to point out is is Charles Woodson. I know that Charles Woodson is doing his own thing with his business and, and his yep. wine and his and, wines, and his, yeah. his whiskey. Uh, but he, if you notice, if you actually pay attention, he is always there. Yeah, he's always. You know, I I, I honestly thought that he had a shot at, at being the the GM, and the reason why I thought that even though he doesn't have that type of experience is because he is wholeheartedly a Raider. He 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 goes to every game. He is with Mark Davis. He is 
in all the conversations, he is right. defending every situation, whether it be about Derek Carr or whether it be about uh, Josh Jacobs or whether yep, it be, yep, yep. it doesn't matter what the situation is. He, he is there and he is putting his two cents in and he is at the games and he is, you know, he, he is a very smart businessman. I know he's yep. doing his own thing and, and he's saying, right. you know, build, build your mark, build your legacy. But, yep. you know, hey, I, I think that that is a topic with, within itself in the future because yeah, I really sure. want to – I I'm just going out on a limb and I, I'm saying I, I'd really like to just talk about Charles Woodson. Uh, For sure, we can. And and I, I see where you're going with that. And I'm not sure he wants to be a GM or associated with an NFL team because he knows more than – you know, most of us that it's, he'd be married to that situation. Like he's doing his thing. He's got his wine business. He's, yeah. He can, he could be part of the media. He can kind of work when he wants to, he could do interviews. He could follow Mark Davis and follow the Raiders and do this and that. And it's a lot more work than we see behind the scenes. And it's, as we know with the NFL, it's three sixty five. man, it's 24 seven. It's not, it's nonstop where he's really chill, man. Yeah, I see him just doing what he's doing now and not being a GM. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, man. Oh, 100%. Yeah. With that being said, I think we need to slide over and do our commercial. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? I know I did. I started one here with uh, the Frills Daily Show, and I've started my own with Talk 30. Well, Anchor makes it easy. Let me tell you. A little bit about it. I love Anchor because, you know, you can record right from the Anchor website or on the mobile app, which I prefer to do on my phone. You can trim. You can edit right from the website or from the app. And Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more wherever you want to distribute your podcast. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Check it out today anchor.fm also check out talk 30 and please go to the website uh, for all your merch needs that is de-creations.com I don't know if I've mentioned it before the de is daily enterprises I think I always say David Edward but it's daily enterprises I just want to make sure everyone knows it's capital de-creations.com I've got a fitted cap. I've got a trucker's cap. I've got a t-shirt. I've got a coffee mug now. And it does not rattle. It works good. I fill it with coffee. I take it with me. I want to get a travel mug. Also, I'm going to get a backdrop. But you can get sheets, pillowcases. You can get customized merchandise for anything that you can possibly think of. Um, Joe with Daily Enterprises can also come up with logo ideas for you and with you for your small business best ideas but um check out anchor man it's the way to go absolutely so we get we have uh colin kaepernick yes sir yes sir so so he didn't really blow the minds of, of the las vegas raiders although everybody 
you know, hyped it up. I, you, yeah. know, you, you kept bringing it up last week. And, <laughs> and I said, I wasn't going to talk about it until this week. <laughs> right. Um, but he definitely showed enough to compete in the NFL. His arm's still strong. He's definitely, he's definitely uh, athletic still. And he, he, can, he can certainly compete in a number of teams. Uh, but he also has to compete with 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, which we're also going to talk about. So what I'm going to say is going to be a, a combination between him and Jimmy Garoppolo. So whatever okay. you have to say about him, uh, I'm, I'm going to compare both of them together with, with what I'm saying. That's an interesting scenario um, since um, Cap used to play for the Niners. And so, yeah, I'll roll with that. But like he said, I, I think Cap's proven that he's still in shape. I think he can still play in the NFL myself personally, even though he's 34 years old. I think he's fresher than like a Russ Wilson, even though Russ has stayed really healthy, um, taking like the five years off. Um, he could still chuck the football around, man. Yeah. And I, w- I wasn't a big Cap guy when he was playing. But he obviously took the Niners to the Super Bowl, and I know Harbaugh was a big part of that at the time. Um, so, so but, my but, thing with, with with that, let let yeah. uh, before you sure. continue, I'm sorry, but like uh, sure. he, I wasn't, I was a fan of his earlier years. So right. I, I was a fan until, again, going back to past episodes, you, you can only be a running quarterback for so long, and right. then he kind of like buckled down and, and, and he stopped being such a running quarterback and things were going good. And then all of a sudden it plummeted and, well, and he, he, was he started, 55. he was what? No, go ahead. He started. Yeah. Well, he started, you know, taking the knee and he started, and again, we're not getting into that kind of stuff, but uh, he, 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 his performance plummeted after that kind of action. That well, he, he took. was always like around a 55% quarterback is what I was going to say. And you need to be around 65% completion percentage. But, Correct. Um, and I know that some people may think that the Raiders are trying to do this PR stunt or trying to do it for positive things. But I think more so Mark Davis wants to give everyone a chance. His dad was big on equal rights and hired like one of the first African-American, one of the first Hispanic uh, head coaches and all that. He wants to keep his dad's legacy kind of going with that. Um, But I think the Raiders, I say may, may sign him as a backup because they've already signed a couple other backups, including Nick Mullins. I mean, who else did they sign? I mean, he might come in and they'll have like four or five quarterbacks going. And I know a lot of times going into – um, training camp and stuff, teams will have like four quarterbacks, but they'll end up with three in total once they get, you know, down to a 53-man roster and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they might leave the door open. Like maybe he'll – so they've looked at him now. They're still considering it now, but they have other backups. So maybe they go into the preseason if someone gets injured or they drop someone or someone goes on a practice squad, they'll bring him in. I think they're still going to have him under major consideration. But I think they may bring him in as a backup role and see what happens. Um, he seems to be in the best shape of his life. He's got fresh legs and fresh arm, like I keep saying. But I do want to say, I want everyone to remember his last game. And I talked to you about a little of this before the show started tonight. And his last year with the Niners, Chip Kelly was the head coach. Yeah. 
they went two and fourteen. Um, Chip Kelly's offense kind of requires a fast running back, quick wide receivers, like even tight ends get involved. They they're like moving really fast. They never use the whole clock um, for each play. I mean, they're just go 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 go. Kelly has like this West Coast spread system, both for run and the pass game, um, with the right formations that he's able to disguise and he uses pre-snap movements or reading schemes of the defense and that he studied on film. And I think Cap was not able to dictate the flow of the game like um, Chip Kelly's offense was able to do with the Philadelphia Eagles, with Oregon when he was in uh, head coaching in college. And so um, I, I don't know that Cap could grasp it as fast as, you know, Chip wanted him to. And so, they ended up being two and fourteen that year, but I also wanted to mention that some of the players that Cap had in his last year, even and so everyone judged him on his last year, like, oh, he's he's in decline, he's he's not good. But like their last game against Seattle, they had running back com- by committee, including himself. They had a total of forty six yards in that game, mm-hmm. and Cap had sixteen of those rushing yards himself. He ended up passing for two fifteen, but some of his best receivers that day, Sean Drawn. Do you know who that is? The running back. He had 68 yards. Jeremy Curley might be a, a familiar one that you'll know, a wide receiver. He had 61 yards. He had Chris Harper, Aaron Burbridge. Um, you know, some of these names that we're not even familiar with. Uh, he did end up having one TD pass to Selleck, um that day, but they got smoked by the Seahawks. And... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think he's got the arm to do it still. He's still in good health. I think he's a good even second-string quarterback that could easily start for many, many teams who actually signed a lot of backups and starters this offseason that he could play as well as. I know he's getting up there. He's 34, but speaking of a quarterback that played for the Niners, I wanted to go into Jimmy G a little bit too, but I know you wanted to say some more about yeah, Cap and yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so as I, I was saying earlier, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of combine both of them, uh, Jimmy G and and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, the one team that I'm gonna bring up is the Seahawks, and the Niners are banking off of a couple of things. You know, obviously they're they're going with with Trey. They're 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 gonna that that that's who they're probably is gonna be the starter, and do they really trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Seahawks, uh, a division team, and so. and take the chance of that rival and that that gamble? But you also have Colin Kaepernick, who was also part of the Niners. He's no longer part of the Niners, but technically when you look at it on paper, he is a free agent of the 49ers. Now, the Seahawks don't have a solid starter. Yeah, they can bank on Drew Locke or Geno Smith, but really? What do you really have? So, I think that even though a deal hasn't been made, I don't think that based off of the Seahawks and how they operate, I I don't think that they would go with Garoppolo or a trade for that, even though there's not much 
that they really even have to pay for uh, when it comes to his final uh, year and his contract. Uh, but bringing in Colin Kaepernick, they can save money, save cap space, make a deal with him, and not guarantee him being a starter. But what, when all he has to face is Drew Locke and Geno Smith, um, I, I think that he has a, a better potential going there than any other team. There, there, there's also two other teams that I can mention, Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. Both of them, again, I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, but for now, what I'm, what I'm going to say is w- with the Seahawks, they didn't really do anything in, in, in the offseason. Yeah, uh, they made the trade with, with uh, Drew Locke, and you know the head coach made the statement that Drew Locke was probably, if he was in this year's draft, uh, he was he would be the number one pick in, in the draft. Um, okay, uh, I I don't see that, and and I don't know if that's a, a ploy to buy time. Um, but I I don't see him being the number one pick. Geno Smith is a definite backup, and if I was to compare him with. Colin Kaepernick, I would definitely say Colin Kaepernick is the starter between him and and Geno Smith. So when you look at it, and and you still have Baker Mayfield in the background. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, just doesn't seem to mold with any team. Uh, I I mean, he may end up getting picked up. He may end up getting traded, or excuse me, traded, but I, I, I I don't see it being the Seahawks. Uh, you know, if you wanted to say lukewarm at best kind of deal, like, like they, they weren't not really interested in him. And I don't know if it's because of his mentality. I don't know if it's because of his, um, uh, uh, behaviors, but at the end of the day, they didn't do anything with him. Right. So, and um, he's still there. So, yeah, Mayfield is still available. Yeah, um, so you have Garoppolo, yeah. you have you have Colin Kaepernick, and you have you already have in place Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I I see Seahawks coming to a deal with Colin Kaepernick by I'm gonna say late July or early August. You think they're gonna shoot for him to be the starter for the team, though? They're gonna shoot for him for a contract. Right. Right. And so, he's definitely yeah. going to be the starter because he's definitely going to be out outplay Drew Locke and Geno Smith. He's going to be running his butt off, though, if he goes to Seattle because they've lost a lot and they're essentially in rebuild. And I'm surprised Pete Carroll is even still there after all the changes they've gone Full through. rebuild. Full yeah, rebuild. Full on, and we've talked on. about that. Yeah. And so, uh, gosh, there's a lot of information right there. So. Um, I want to touch on Jimmy G because the reason I wanted to bring him up because in the news, you know, how the media is, they're going to phrase questions to him and, and ask him what's going on with Jimmy G. Is he going to be traded? And, you know, I'm paraphrasing right. here, but Shanahan essentially said that eventually, yes. Yeah. He did say eventually, yes, Jimmy will be moved. We but do Shanahan, see him being traded. 
I expect him at some point, yeah. most likely to be to traded. Be but who, yes, but yeah, who? Yeah. But he ends that with, but who knows? And it's weird to me to hear him say that, even because Shanahan is usually kind of quiet on those kind of questions, or he'll avoid those kind of questions. But he said yes, and he also said expect him at some point, most likely to be traded. But then he says, but who knows? That's not a guarantee, and it's obviously been on hold since the surgery happened and that's exactly what Shanahan said also when he's healthy we'll see what happens but I think they're all in with Trey Lance man and maybe yeah maybe Cap could go in there and do something but um if and it would probably be the best bet for Cap and for the Niners but I also know that Shanahan had said something about Cap not recently but like prior um he's been questioned about that and he didn't like Cap's skill set specifically because of all the running and he kind of fits the mold of a specific um, offense and mm -hmm. Shanahan to run an offensive scheme where any quarterback can be plugged in. I don't like to set up my offense to operate based on one quarterback. It's got to be any quarterback. So another guy's got to be able to step in to do the same playbook and the same plays and all that stuff. And right. he thinks that Cap kind of plays a style that doesn't allow that for other quarterbacks to come in after him. Um, so so Cap might be a good idea to go to the Seahawks. I, I don't disagree with you there, um, but he would be running his butt off like some of these other younger guys might be doing with the Jets this year and and uh, with the Jaguars and with the Bears, you know, these younger quarterbacks that are in their second year, they're going to be running their butts off. So I could see uh, Cap doing that too. And he's a strong guy and he doesn't, he's not afraid to take the hit. So I could see that happening for sure, man. And, and with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I said what I had to say uh, as far as like the Seahawks go. Uh, I really see him. If anything, you have the te uh, again. The Texans and the Panthers are really the only yeah. two teams that don't have like a set standard for a quarterback. Right. Um, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I think the the Panthers are looking for somebody that that can play now. Right. He, he's obviously made it to the playoffs. He's obviously done mm -hmm. things. Um, I'm not going to give him more credit than that. Uh, but, but he's been on solid teams. So Jimmy G's yeah. been on the Pats, and he stepped in when when Brady was injured and yeah. played very well, which has given him a future contract. So so, the Niners so that's something that the Panthers defense. are looking for, and and, right. and that's where I would say uh, Jimmy G would go. Uh, they're not set on who is it, Sam Darnold, um, right. It's not a, a, a position where, you know, even though he, you know, Sam Darnold was like, uh, oh, I, I still think I could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league now. Uh, stop. Just, yeah. just stop. Right. You're, you're a Matt Ryan. You're a, you're, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. just, just knock it off. You're, you're yeah. uh, unless you get that, that, that reborn that we've talked about in, in a different team. Speaking of route reborn, yeah. um, um, Jimmy G could go and sign and heal and watch and play back up to Tom Brady at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> back up Tom Brady and do it again. And when Tom decides to retire at 46 or fucking 55 or whatever, 
um, that Jimmy can go there and, and uh, back up Tom and then take over there. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't believe yeah. I just dropped the F-bomb. But, uh, it, it's all good. Uh, we rarely do that on this show, but uh, <laughs> it happens from time to time. So, but, I, I mean, yeah. it, it's it, it's a situation. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, that that is actually uh, an amazing uh, theory because when you think about it, uh, the only thing holding that back would be his pride. Yeah, for sure. Especially after getting that big contract and going to the Niners, and yeah, I think everybody's kind of wondering what's going to happen and how we're going to do this, and it's going to be a lot of awkwardness this season because he's getting paid so much money. Mm-hmm. He's obviously got starter money. They don't want to have him as a starter. They're obviously going to go to a Trey Lance, but he's not that available, man. And that's what you need in a quarterback. You can't have a quarterback that plays 11 or 12 games a year. You need a guy that plays 15, 16, 17 games a year. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Hey, know, before man. before we wrap the show up, let's let's talk about Ed, Ed Reed. Absolutely, the only player in NFL yep. history to score a touchdown. By blocking a punt, returning a punt, and both getting an interception and a fumble for a return. Yeah, pick six and a fumble for six, man. The the man, the guy yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is a beast, and yeah. and him and and Ray Lewis together were just something to be reckoned with. That that was before the NFL started going soft, uh, and, yeah. and and I have to bring up that point too. Because they they really were players that that were all about smash mouth football. Dude, that that team was all about defense. They're all about defense. They're yeah. They, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl um, with Trent Dilfer at quarterback, um, like they did with the Ravens without that defense, man. Smash mouth, dude. Smash mouth. Yeah. With, sure. with, and, and with that being said, it's time to wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and continue listening each week. And like us on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and share on Anchor. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podcast, iHeartRadio, and make sure that you guys check out Talk Dirty and Self Love on the various uh, social medias. And this is Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith out. Peace out.